Hey everyone, welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Just a quick note before today's episode. This summer, we're completing our series of introduction videos with our final season of filming, and we still need to raise about $30,000 to cover those costs, and we would love you to help us with that. And you can do that by visiting the Spoken Gospel website and clicking on Donate. And by doing that, you can contribute to bringing books like the Book of Revelation to life. And whether that's through a one-time gift or a monthly donation, your support makes all the difference in the world. So thank you so much and enjoy today's podcast. This is what Jesus tells Peter. He's like, the gates of hell will never, will never overcome, will never conquer the rebellion you are now leading. Mm. What I'm creating after the temple will be orders of magnitude greater, unable to be conquered by a Roman force. Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a ministry that's dedicated to speaking the gospel out of every corner of scripture. In Luke 24, Jesus told his disciples that every part of the Bible is about him. In each episode, hosts David and Seth work through a passage of scripture to see how it's all about Jesus and his good news. Let's jump in. All right, well, welcome everyone. Today is Holy Tuesday, and we are going to be talking about Jesus cursing the fig tree. Right. I mean, two weird things there that I don't often say. Curse and fig tree. Right. But tell us why we should be very excited about this. This is probably one of the more strange stories in the Holy Week narrative, and an interesting thing to focus on for an entire day. Sure. Different religious traditions kind of lump this in with the temple cleansing, and that's Mm -hmm. probably, uh, I mean, they they celebrate both the cleansing of the temple and the cursing of the fig tree in the same day. Yeah, because they have similar themes. They have very similar themes, and I think that's the most important thing for people to understand about the fig tree is that it's not a tutorial on how to throw a mountain into the ocean Wait, or what? to wither your own fruit trees in your backyard, but it's actually about the temple and everything that Jesus has done already. So yes. that's the the big idea that's okay. happening. Right so now. then if we're if we're saying that you're gonna want to understand the fig tree in light of what's just occurred at the temple. That's right. Why don't you give us a quick yes. synopsis of what just happened in the cleansing of the temple? Yes. So we talked about on Palm Sunday how Jesus had spent his entire ministry proclaiming that he was the king of life over death. And he was doing that, we said, through his miracles. Through his miracles, raising Lazarus from the dead. And as this king who has the power over death, he comes, rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, the beast of kings, to Mm -hmm. challenge the imperial establishment of Rome and the religious establishment of Israel and say, I've come to do something new. Mm -hmm. Tearing down your old kingdoms, I'm tearing down these old religious institutions, and I'm building something new in myself. And so he's coming, challenging the powers that be say, I'm setting up something new. I'm a new sacrifice. I'm a new temple. I'm a new king. All the people in power are getting mad. And then Jesus walks away from the temple with his disciples. Okay. And he walks out and he comes up on a fig tree. That's right. That has a leaf. Yeah. He sees it's it from a distance. It's in leaf. And he sees a whole bunch of leaves on it. And he's like, oh, I'm a little hungry after I just built a whip and right. made a prophetic stance in the temple. Yes. I'm going to go grab some fruit from this tree. That's right. And as he walks up to it, he finds no fruit on it. Mm -hmm. And he says, I curse you, fig tree, wither and die. (laughs) Um, Now, depending on which gospel writer 
you read mark for example puts that story before jesus goes into the cleansing of the temple yes. and then records what happens next afterwards right so you re- actually read yes. the cursing of the fig tree as an analogy for or a metaphor for what, what he's, doing he's doing in the doing. temple yeah but a lot of the other gospel writers will just put it all together yeah curses the fig tree and then it withers down to the root yeah immediately it's kind of intense. So what's the question is always like, why on earth would Jesus do this? Right. It's like, I've heard some people say like, is he just mad? Is he hangry that he didn't get lunch that day? Right. It's like, no, he's no. He's doing a lot of what he did in the temple. He's making a prophetic metaphor, right. a prophetic demonstration, and he's communicating a truth. Yes. So he's placing himself intentionally in line with a whole bunch of the Old Testament prophets. Okay. So if you go back and read the Old Testament prophets, what you'll find is one of the most common metaphor the major and the minor prophets have for the corrupted religious institution of the temple is of like an infertile fruit tree or an infertile vine. Micah 7 is really famous in this regard. Micah is lamenting the state of Israel. He's like, I'm looking around like a fruit picker after the harvest. I find nothing nothing on the vine. Nothing on the vine. No justice is being Mm -hmm. done. Everything is being abandoned. Right. I came to a place that's supposed to be bearing fruit, and I found no fruit. So the idea of something that's supposed to be bearing fruit Mm -hmm. but isn't is a common metaphor among the prophets for a corrupted religious institution. Mm -hmm. So what Jesus is doing in this moment is he is making physical, real, and living, or dead in this case, (laughs) an old literary metaphor. A metaphor the prophets have used. For, wow. for, for for decades and decades and decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he curses the fig tree, he's claiming that just like the prophets of old, Israel's religious institution, the temple itself, is corrupt. And I am cursing it. Okay. I'm ending it. So what would you say then is the fruit that he was expecting or that God has always been expecting to be on the tree of Israel? Yes. And why is it not on the tree? Yeah. The Old Testament prophets kind of have a whole bunch of different things, but... Probably the best categories is like loving God and loving people. That's a good one. So like (laughs) the priests were meant to facilitate a loving relationship with God through sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And that was being subverted for one reason or another. Yeah. And they were supposed to love others by being the administration center for justice in the land of Israel. Right. And that failed in the Old Testament. And similarly, the religious establishment of Jesus's day was failing also. Yeah, they were failing as well. They were not doing justice Mm -hmm. to the poor of the land, nor were they loving God rightly. Mm. And so Jesus is saying, your time is up. The temple institution must fall. It's interesting, the use of fruit and like barren trees and everything like that throughout the history of Israel as a prophetic symbol for this, because one of the original tasks given to the people of God Mm -hmm. was to be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, right. to be fruitful was what it meant to be in God's image yeah. and to take that image around the world. Mm-hmm. And and so obviously it's like, okay, this is your original commission, Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Right. Let me check back in on my people. How are they doing? Well, they're not being they're fruitful. Not. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense of the metaphor. Yeah, there is more. There's there. like there's layers like yeah. all the way back to Genesis. Right. Like what is a tree and what is fruitfulness in God's covenant plans throughout throughout all yeah. of human history. Right. Yeah. But what you're saying is the people of Israel are supposed to be a light to the nations. Mm-hmm. Right. They were supposed to, particularly like, the temple establishment. I the see. temple itself was yeah. supposed to be this place where people from all over the world mm-hmm. could. Thank God, have a relationship with God, be forgiven by God, yeah. like worship God, right. have access to him. But because of the practices, the religious establishment during Jesus' day were had set up, that had become increasingly difficult, particularly for 
Gentiles, as yeah. we talked about last time. But also, they were not a great lot of people in general, um, in some ways. Yeah. So when Jesus curses the fig tree yeah. for it not being fruitful, for not, for because it's Israel, the tree is Israel, and it's not bearing fruit. The tree is the temple. The tree is the temple. In my understanding. Okay. Because what he does in the second here is he curses it, and then his disciples are like, how did the tree get, oh, right. do this so quickly? Yep. Like, how did the tree wither so quickly? They're kind of surprised that Jesus would do this. They don't understand it, Yeah, just as most people yeah, don't like, understand. What is going on here? The disciples also misunderstood what was going on. They didn't quite get what Jesus was doing, and they just asked him, how did you do this thing? How did mm-hmm. the tree wither so quickly? And then Jesus responds with, a really famous passage, but also yeah. a very cryptic passage, right. which is, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, mm. but you can also say to this mountain, yep. go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. Right. And most people, when I grew up reading that, I assumed this mountain was any old mountain. Any obstacle that you want moved, you can, in faith, pray, and it'll get out of your way. But I think yeah. the better way to read this is Jesus is referring to the mountain the temple sits the on. The temple mount. The temple mount. Yep. And he just said, Still there this, today. This corrupt religious institution, <laughs> right. is. I've already said it's going to be torn down in three days. Yep. And I am asking you, my disciples, to join me by praying for its destruction. By yeah. praying for the end of this corrupted sacrificial system, this corrupted temple, and this hamstrung way in which my people are no longer allowing all the nations of the world to mm. come and accept, to so experience. In the my same presence. way that Jesus looked at the fig tree as a as a symbol of the temple yeah. and said, "May no fruit ever come from you again." That's right. He's saying, "You too, my disciples, can do works like this." Yeah. Meaning, you'll be able to speak to this temple that's sitting right there on this mount in front of you Yes, and say, may no fruit come from you again. Yeah. And it will be done. Yes. Meaning, it, and it says that this mountain will be thrown into the sea, Yeah, right? Which is really pictorial Jewish language because the Temple Mount was yeah. a picture of the Garden of Eden. Yeah. It was the place that God created. Yeah. And yeah. to be thrown into the sea was to go back into uncreation. Yeah. All chaos. The, the chaos of the waters. He's yeah. like, you're, we're going to take the Garden of Eden and throw it back into uncreation. And often the sea would also refer to like other foreign nations That's and right. foreign powers. Yep. So to be thrown into the sea would be to be thrown against the powers of the, the, of yep. the world. So what I think is kind of the fun way to imagine what Jesus is saying here mm. is he, he's just done all these prophetic actions in the temple. He's critiqued the current temple leadership. He said he's building a new temple and a new sacrifice himself. And then as he's walking out, he turns to his disciples and says, okay, I'm going to curse this fig tree Mm -hmm. as a living picture of what I want you to do alongside me. Mm -hmm. If you have faith alongside me, if you pray that this temple will be thrown into the sea, you'll see the temple destroyed. Mm -hmm. You'll see these corrupt religious institutions finally brought down in a true temple and a true sacrificial system finally brought about through your faith and through your prayers you can join the rebellion against the religious and political status quo and join my kingdom that had to have seemed and and you can you can guess by some of the narratives that come after this and even some of the questions that the disciples themselves ask it, it would have seemed like such a strange thing to invite a faithful jew into oh yeah like why on earth would it be good news for them to take the household of God and throw it to the chaos monsters of the other nations or uncreation, or why would they want to see the temple destroyed? Why would this be a rebellion that they want to, 
you know, join right. in on. Because I feel like now we hear this as like millennial disenfranchisement people. We're like, yeah, join the rebellion, overthrow yeah. the religious political system, let's burn do all it. churches. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like for them, they'd be like, uh, I don't want that to happen. No, this is where I meet God. This is the only way I know how to receive forgiveness or right. to interact with God the, at all. The covenant almost hinges on this right. place. Why are we throwing it into the sea? That's right. So, like, what? Why did Jesus invite Jews who would have been right. skeptical of that into such a prayer to to right. pray in faith that the temple would be destroyed? Why on earth would he be doing that, and why would that be good news to them? Well, it's good news for those who belong to Jesus's new kingdom, mm. because Jesus is building something better. Jesus is building a temple that's available to all people without qualification. Mm, he, yep. He's offering himself as a single sacrifice for all people, no more need for continuous sacrifices. Yep. He is building a brand new religious order in himself that's orders of magnitude better yeah. than the one they've experienced before. And as we hinted at yesterday, this new temple and this new sacrificial system is going to be built on the fact that Jesus must die first and then rise from the dead. Mm. And a resurrected Jesus is going to sit at the head of this new kingdom and mm -hmm. this new religious order, which means it will be incorruptible. The old temple system run by humans is always going to be subject to some sort of chaos, right. some sort of disorder, some sort of injustice, some something. Right. But because it's now in the resurrected, perfect God sitting at his right hand, nothing will be able to assail the church, mm. God's complete people of right. all people ever again yeah it's an incorruptible thing yeah i also wonder too if if there's something about the fruitfulness of okay. the tree because if they really did grab onto the metaphor that jesus was pulling on and bringing into visual reality mm -hmm. they would have known like man yeah this has kind of always been a problem you know we, we've always had a barren tree a barren vine when it came to the temple then jesus what he's offering them is like you've said a new a new temple but what he's offering them is a vine that will actually bear fruit a way for them to be human again a way mm -hmm. for them to be god's people again oh like if this one if this fake garden of eden gets thrown into the chaos waters of yeah, genesis yeah. one that's right i'm going to bring something new out of it a new garden of eden mm -hmm. where i'm going to create a people who actually can be fruitful and multiply where right. you're going to have a leaf you know mm -hmm. and fruit yeah. And your your roots are going to go deep because they're going to be in me. And it's like, I wonder if they're picking up on this new humanity yeah. kind of idea that if we want to be fruitful, yeah. we can't be attached to this tree anymore. We need a new, we need yeah. a, our roots to be in new soil, which yes. is in Jesus. I don't know if they got it until mm. after Jesus rose from the dead. Sure. Right. But I think that does begin... Well, they didn't know that he was going to be the new temple until he rose from the dead either. Right. So right. They didn't they know... Were, was, they weren't getting any of they this. Were, they were just go, we're like... <laughs> they were just like, weird. <laughs> what a weird miracle. But yeah, I think that's correct yep. because of the way the resurrection story ends mm. with Jesus rising from the dead and sending out his disciples to go forth, increase and multiply, make disciples of all nations, right? right? Yep. So like that, that is the way... Holy Weekends yeah. is with a resurrected Jesus telling his disciples to go make disciples of all nations, not based on sex or procreation, but right. the proclamation that Jesus is risen from the dead and yes. is king over all things. A new commission to be fruitful and multiply. That's right. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Uh, so why is the cursing of the fig tree good news for us today? Yes. Like, why should I be excited 
to celebrate Holy Tuesday today, other than the fact that maybe I understand this weird story a little better. <laughs> yes. I mean, the good news is that like the disciples, we are invited into a new era in which the old religious institution of perpetual sacrifices, incomplete atonement is replaced by perfect atonement, perfect sacrifices, and incorruptible people of God yeah. that can no longer be overthrown by corrupt actors, but is headed by Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. This is what Jesus tells Peter. He's like, the gates of hell will never overcome, will, will yeah. never overcome, will never conquer the rebellion you are now leading. Mm -hmm. Like what I'm creating after the temple will be orders of magnitude greater, unable to be conquered by a Roman force mm -hmm. in 8070, unable to be right. undone by malicious actors, abusive priests. No, I'm building something brand new that's not physically located, mm -hmm. but spiritual, not of this earth yeah. and lasts forever. I think another way to think about this too is we've been talking a lot about like, okay, with the old tree gone, let's talk about the new tree. Yeah. But also like there's good news in the fact that that old tree was cursed. Like okay. that Jesus holds corrupt religious institutions responsible. That's right. Like that, That's right. that people who claim his name, mm -hmm. but don't do his works, mm -hmm. right? Don't mm -hmm. get off scot-free. That's right. That they're actually held responsible. They're held responsible. And that God will judge mm -hmm. his church. That's right. His, his people. His people. Yes. And those, you know, who are listening, who have been hurt by religious institutions that claim the name of Jesus. Right. They, they don't get a free pass like they don't if they are if they are a fruitless tree mm -hmm. they will be judged too and yes. like that can be really good news for people who have been wounded by those institutions that's right we have biblical command to pray for the destruction of corrupt institutions right. as they exist today right in hopes of being part of a new and better more jesus honoring yeah. christ exalting institution that is indestructible it loves god and loves people well yeah Okay. Okay. So that's Jesus cursing the fig tree. That's Jesus cursing the fig tree. All right. And what's tomorrow? Well, after this whole incident with, yep. the, with the cursing of the fig trees, the opposition between Jesus and the religious establishment continues to escalate, almost as if they are hearing what Jesus is saying about the fig tree and picking up on it. One of the parables Jesus says just after this is about a corrupt group of vineyard owners who mm -hmm. are killing prophets. And they... Get that one like, oh, you think we are the fruitless fig tree or the corrupt vineyard owners killing people. So they're, they're recognizing that Jesus is saying all these things with the intention of ousting them from their power. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to continue to find ways to kill Jesus. And tomorrow we will figure out that they're going to recruit Judas to their side. Yeah. The recruitment of Judas yeah. and the anointing of Jesus yes. by the woman with perfume. That's right. Tomorrow. Yes. Big day. Big day. Okay. Well, thank you all for joining us yes, on this Holy Tuesday, and we will see you tomorrow for Holy Wednesday or Spy, Spy Wednesday, Wednesday right. however you want to call it. We'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel creates short films, devotionals, and podcasts like this one. Everything we make is free because of generous supporters like you. To see our resources, visit SpokenGospel.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. See you next time.